1: Middlekov,
2: Habes, hey, hey, Habes. Time for everybody to grow up, John. Grow <laughs> up. Get your Valentine's Day taken care of now. Don't wait like you used to when you're younger. And grow up and
0: accept that ease is here, Cough. It's here. I I think we need to get our boy KD35 some uh, ease.com promo code ham. Uh, he's definitely over 21 years old. He he can use a uh, a little chill pill. I, I think, guy. Uh,
2: those not familiar, or if you are. Here it is again. Ease is the best delivery platform to get the best legal, licensed, fully tested marijuana products delivered to you in California. Anyone 21 or over can get verified online in just minutes. And then it's Action Jackson time.
0: Well, here's the key, guy. If you want this podcast to continue, and we do, and we plan on it continuing, you got to support the podcast, baby. And if you're 21 years or older, get verified online in minutes, browse a vast selection of the best brands. And watch the clock count down to a friendly driver arriving in minutes, not hours or days. Fresh cannabis, pre-rolls, vapes, my personal favorite, edibles, topicals, and more all over the industry. Again, Ease.com, Ease.com, promo code HAM, guy. You get $20 off your first purchase. If you're over $50, which is very, very easy to do, you get a free delivery. How do you beat that? Again, Kevin Durant he should go use this immediately. He lives in the city. Uh, and they got delivery in San
2: Francisco, in LA, San Diego, Sacramento, Napa Valley. Uh, number one cannabis on demand platform in the state of California. Are you? Uh, it, I know they're in your area soon, if not already. middle cough. So that's the other reason. If if it's not in your area, go to the website and uh, you'll get notified when it is at e a z e e a z e dot com. Uh, regular discounts, price drops, like John said, twenty bucks off your first delivery with the promo code HAM e a z e dot com ease.
0: Good to have you on the pod. Enjoy the moment. I know this guy. I was I, I was uh, vaping a little bit last night when Ron, Rondo hit the shot. I was like, damn, <laughs> this is a cool cool little moment. Belichick in the house. Um, uh, Valentine's Day is coming up.
2: This is easy. Again, I'm telling you guys about this one for a long time. Big fan of Sherry's Berries. Big fan. Easy to support oh. here. B e r r i e s dot com. Click on the microphone. Use the promo code ham. The, uh, the, 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 the strawberries dipped in the chocolate is just an absolute
0: winner every time. Yes, it is guy, because you can get milk chocolate, dark chocolate, white chocolatey goodness, uh, dipped in t- chocolate chips, heart oh, glitter sprinkles. One. They are really, really good guy. Always fresh. They're cold when they're delivered. Cause that's the key, you don't got to pick them up. You don't, you don't got to go to a PO box delivered to your front door valentine's day is right around the corner arrives fresh with a hundred percent sherry's berries guaranteed shipped anywhere nationally guys so you live in california you live in new york you live in florida or you want to send them you know you live in cali you got family members you know you maybe your mom or your wife's on business working in texas send her the sherry's berries get on it i've actually loaded
2: them up i already got some as you did i'm going mom's getting some mom-in-law's getting some Grandma in law's getting some. Sherry's berries for everybody. Um and uh, look, we've got discerning palates here. If we eat it, then you know it's good. Like John said arrives fresh with a hundred percent Sherry's berries guarantee. Get it done now. It's getting down to crunch time. Plus, when you order now with Valentine's Day around the corner, you can make it really special and add a dozen red roses for just nineteen ninety nine more. It ships with the berries, with the sherry's
0: berries at no extra charge. Awesome. I I can't wait, guy. Again. Go to berries.com. That's B-E-R-R I E S. The microphone. Uh, click on the microphone, enter the promo code ham, nineteen ninety nine. For an extra nineteen ninety nine, you can also get a dozen roses. We also had those sent. Again, berries.com. Click the microphone. Enter promo code ham.
2: What did you think of the do uh, Durant? Did you like it? <laughs> did you were you entertained by it?
0: Uh Mm, I you know I was kind of indifferent. I thought it was kind of stupid to be honest with you on on Kevin's part uh, I, I guess my my overall takeaway is I, I'm sorry Kevin, but having you know been a fellow member of the athletic I, I people don't give a shit about the pick and roll in the third quarter against the Lakers on Monday night. like your story you could argue with football over. Kevin Durant's free agency, because he he's the number one free agent of all these guys, and it's a you know Clay Kawhi, I mean guy. They have another major free agent named Clay Thompson. It's not even a story, because everyone knows like yeah they max him he'll just stay. Like Kevin, you, you, the story is the number one story in the league, in the league. Why why are you so mad? I, I I'm sorry, we can't just talk basketball. You, you we we want to know whether you're staying or going. That's just. You know, that's what people well, care about. Yeah, and then the
2: other thing was, there are a couple ways I want to go at this. I also want to ask you what your favorite moment from the Durant was. Um, but a few things here that stand out to me. Here's my, my overall takeaway is is that it's that Kevin's almost 31, right? This is not a guy who's been in the league for two or three years. And it's not a guy that has um, not already been through some NBA trauma, in the sense of what his free agency was and the way, um, you know, he got treated, especially in like the year right after that, there have been a lot of things that have happened in his NBA career. I don't know about his personal, but his NBA career that I would think would have add would add some perspective. I, I, for me, I always look at it like, and this is on such a, a, a minuscule level relative to the stuff that Kevin gets, but I remember early doing a radio show, like what year is this? Twenty nineteen, so. You know, like, four, 10, 12, 13 years ago, like when social media was kind of new, I didn't quite understand how to deal with it. Then you learn pretty quickly, oh, there's a really easy way to deal with it. You just don't take anything personally. I know it's easier to say than to do, but it's amazing to me that that part of the game here, it doesn't feel like he's handling that any better. Now, I don't know. Maybe it used to bug him more than it does now. But so much of this is not really just the reporter aspect of it. You read, like I read what what Marcus wrote. Some of this is just the stuff that happens on social, and he's always just consuming, 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 and that can it can make it can make any. It's you're a human. I get it. Like it just it can make you sick. It can make you crazy. But the reason that I think he had so much attention in that room the other night, it wasn't because he's a free agent, John. It's because he hasn't talked for nine days starting on the day that the Knicks cleared a bunch of cap space. Like that's like, it's not that he's going to be a free agent and he's not telling people, we want to know where you're going. It's not that he's not giving us the answer is that he went radio silent on the day that the
0: place that people think he's going to go traded Chris Well, that's why when he, when he kind of snapped and he said, Ethan, Ethan's like, well, it's kind of weird. You know, like I, I do think, listen, the media has been wrong before, you know, taking a agenda oh. level angle. This one, I think, was like you said, they just traded this guy for cap space only. And then you go silent like I, we're just adding up the pieces here. This shit is weird. And now you're freaking out like this is making it extra weird, you know? Yeah. So, Kevin, you've left before. Probably beside, wouldn't you say, the last ten years, LeBron leaving to Miami is by far the biggest free agent move. Probably you could argue one of the biggest ones ever. Yeah, it's the biggest one of my like you know I Reggie uh,
2: Reggie White or what yeah, I, you know Barry Bonds leaving whatever, but LeBron yeah. for me and you and people. In their early 30s, probably. I don't, I'd be interested to hear if there's anything that comes I'd close. Say,
0: I'd say Shaq going to Lakers was pretty big back in the day. Yep, that's up there,
2: too, for sure. But the spectacle of yeah, the that modern media is what took LeBron to a whole other level, too.
0: For sure. And wouldn't you say, you could put Shaq right up there. Kevin leaving OKC to the Warriors is pro- not just in our lifetime. You could argue now there was a period of time when you couldn't leave. It's one of the biggest moves ever. Right. It changed the landscape. It didn't totally change because they were already really good. Right. But but it did solidify them that they were going to keep winning. So, Kevin, you've been through this before. And it, I, what I don't understand when he's kind of looking for this validation, whether he's better than LeBron or I'm a champion now that he can just never quite get. Kevin, there's not like – like there is a scoreboard in the sport you play right? You either win or lose a game. You either win or lose a series. You either win or lose a championship. It's pretty black and white. Like, we either make money or lose money on the podcast. It's it's pretty black and white. When you try to go like, are you the best podcast? How do you quantify that? You know, are you the best player? It's like, Kevin, first off, there are going to be some people that think that. A majority of people probably won't think that, and rightfully so. You're not better than LeBron. (laughs) I, I got news for you, and there's no shame in that. But if you're ch- chasing that, like, there is no place to kind of, uh, I don't know, validate that opinion that's in concrete, right? Well, it's just like in this – It just as in like this Twitter or social media world that like half of it is just going to be to fuck with you, Kevin. So I, I can't even imagine what his mentions look like, but yeah. like you said, half of them are just – a guy sitting – a guy might be trading stocks, making 500 k bored, and just messing with them. Not serious at all. Well, that's, might- that's
2: what you learn. That, you said that better than I said it earlier. That's what you learn about social media is a lot of it is
0: people just fucking
2: around. People who kind of think like I would say this to him if he was my friend, but you don't view him as your friend, so you take it a different way. People just want to be mean. I mean whatever, but it's a lot of people just acting a fool, so to speak, John. Now, I will say this, and I'm convinced of this, and I really do believe this to be true. I think because, you know, sports, we do get pretty preoccupied with counting rings, especially in basketball when it comes to comparing people to Michael. I think if Kevin Durant won two rings with Russell Westbrook, played his whole career in Oklahoma City, and they won two rings together, I think that would be viewed more favorably than if he, whatever, ends his career with five, right? Maybe even if he had just won one in Oklahoma City that would be viewed more favorably as if he had ended his career with whatever he's going to end it with now. Um, I know we get caught up in counting the rings and you feel like if I'm going to be viewed on the level of Michael or on the level as LeBron, I need to have rings that match up with that. But the fact is, we argue with, with with rings as a tiebreaker a lot, but when we talk about the greatest players of all time, like when you hear arguments about Larry or Magic, do people really bring up The rings first? I I, I don't think they do. That's my perception of that argument. I don't think they do. When people argue about Kobe or whoever, you know, I mean, the rings, all that stuff is a part of the argument, but it's really about the players. And maybe he just needed to leave Oklahoma City. I don't know. But I wonder if he miscalculated a little that just getting rings would shut people up. Because it's not really the way it works when we start arguing about guys.
0: That's a great point guy. I also think the reason you do it with Michael is because Larry and Magic had just happened and they had what a combined eight rings Larry won three Magic won five and they were just dominated the decade. So think about that guy that's eight rings in a ten year span. <laughs> that's pretty nuts between yeah. the two. Of them. Yeah. But it was like Michael had to to fly past that which wasn't easy and he did. But it's like you'd go Michael, Larry, and Magic would you know any basketball person would say if Michael's one, the other two guys are sprinkling you know a Bill Russell whatever are top you know five six players. Well, like you said, you're never gonna be Michael, but you're clearly gonna be in the mix to be a top seven eight nine guy. You you're you've already racked up two. You're gonna get a third ring that. At the end of the day, when people remember what you stood for in 20 years, they'll be like, oh, that, you know, Kevin Durant won an MVP, was All-NBA 15 times, one of the greatest scorers ever, three or four championships. Like, you're already validated with these championships. So you're just chasing this ghost of I don't don't know what. And it feels like we're a little, I think, uh, jaded's probably the wrong word, but maybe lucky's the right word. Steph, Clay, and Draymond, Steph and Clay, there are is zero drama. None. And Draymond's really is not like NBA drama. It's more something you'd see like in the NFL, right? Like, bro, just calm down. Like you can't always be getting penalties. You know, it's it's just – it's not necessarily something that has ever – it did the one time with LeBron James, but it's not like – I didn't think Draymond necessarily snapped when he like hit him in the nuts or whatever. But like he's really for the most part – when it's not cutting time and winning time in big series, you can always depend on him, and he's got a to shit together. Uh, it's weird to say because he is kind of crazy too, but that's in the NBA. You need someone kind of crazy, and he's the good kind of crazy that you can win chips with as your third or fourth best player. <laughs> so uh, to me, the people in this area that it, this is like kind of been the it was the perfect group before Kevin got here, and Kevin brought what you see all over the NBA just kind of like fluffy drama like Kevin are you really bitching and moaning about some article about your free agency when you are a free agent and you're one of the biggest best players in the history of the game like yeah that would always be a story well like if and, Michael Jordan was a free agent or Kobe was a free like, that is a big deal
2: and as Ethan wrote after the fact and now you just kind of fan the flames with this press conference right you don't help anything you make it worse because you don't really articulate a a new idea to anybody. Do you play the grow up card? Like you said this to me before we started the podcast and you're right. It was pretty tame in there. Like people were asking it, asking direct professional questions and then Kawakami hits him with a basketball question. And that's when he gets up and leaves because that's really what he wanted to do. He doesn't want the basketball questions either. I know what you guys want to talk about. And he's right. Like you said, nobody cares about the pick and roll coverage really. But the the point Ethan made was this team is playing out of its mind good basketball right now, like they just seamlessly work the Marcus Cousins in in the middle of the season, they are kicking people's asses, and this is the story, and it's not a story because he's a free agent like you said. Clay's a free agent, it's a story because it has to be a story for all these other reasons, and it, it's wearing people out.
0: It, it's got. It's wearing, be wearing him out. It, it's got. If like you be watch him play, like... John, it wears him out. Yeah, it does. It's got to be wearing Steph and some of these guys out. Like, oh my, god, I can't keep talking about this. Fucking a, just, just say you're leaving. We we be better off. Like, yeah, this is gonna be my last three months. We'd be better off that way. I, I think I think it's fair to say. I don't I don't know if I'd buy. <laughs> no, probably not. But it, it would have been better. But but I think it's fair to say we all assume he's going to leave. Right. So would he have been better off just not even talking? Like, clearly he's really mad over something that's kind of stupid. And again, Kevin, your free agency, I, you like it or not, and, and he should understand this, is a is beyond a gigantic story. I think it's the biggest story in the NBA. Because Anthony Davis is not a free agent. you got to trade for him. Uh, Kawhi just doesn't really talk. So, yeah, he's, in a, he's this probably the second best player in this class. But it's basically like he's either going to Toronto or he's going to go to the Clippers, right? It's pretty – it's one or the other. With Kevin, it's like – damn, Kevin Durant went to the Mavericks? I, I think he is a big curveball because he wouldn't really shock you if he did something kind of out of left field. And that's why I think people are like, what's your deal? <laughs> and I, I think part of his deal that we figured out is he truly is an all-time sensitive elite player. Because I, Marcus I also wrote this, maybe Ethan did, both of them are just crushing it, that what's crazy about Kevin being sensitive is these last couple years, like since he's come here, He's become a crunch time killer. You know, like he is a fucking assassin on the court now. You know, like big, nothing phases him. But yet off the court, he's still kind of the same guy that he was five or six years ago, really sensitive. It's weird, you know. Usually when you take the step with your game, it kind of goes with you. They all give LeBron credit. Usually it's the
2: other way around. It's the personal stuff leads to to the, you know, you become, like Chris Peterson likes to say, have your house in order. And it affects the way you play in a positive way.
0: Like, do you remember, it's kind of crazy, it's so long ago now, it kind of used to phase LeBron, like there was this notion that he wasn't clutch or whatever, and then he kind of broke through that barrier, and he's never looked back. Like, nothing you can really say about him faces him, he's just, because it, it just kind of is what it is. It's in concrete, his legacy's set, we know he's a fucking badass. Like, Kevin, we all know you are a badass. That's that's the one thing, since coming to the Warriors, no one can, like, no one even disputes now. Yeah, Kevin Durant's what best players I've ever seen you know it's right. like no one even disputes you know he's he might you know he's a he's got a little melt no he's a killer you, he can be your best player on a championship team and average 40 in the finals you know he's just yeah uh, John look him it, it God you just you're clarifying
2: everything here as we talk through this him leaving OKC and becoming a warrior has has not injured his legacy as a player at all like what we think of the player like we're not like I
0: think I think it's taken it to another level yeah
2: it's it's we he is not losing any points for playing with great players as a player but in terms of like the legacy and where you fit into the big picture that's where it hurts him because we go okay it's I I know I eyeballed you and I think you're one of the all-time greats but I don't think we can just bring championships into this thing and start giving you tiebreakers based on championships I'm just gonna give you tiebreakers because you're one of the most unique players that's ever played the game. Like, I think when it's all said and done, the arguments about Kevin and where he fits in, right? We're going to argue about, is he a top five? Is he a top 10 player? I don't think anyone will use championships to support how great they think he is. And his greatness is going to stand on its own as just the player, rings or no rings. That's the irony, again, in this whole thing is he's so good. He He is of the level of player that is so superior that he doesn't, like it's tiebreakers aren't rings it's just it, it, he's, he's so great you know well like think about you this argue guy. about michael's unique but you start arguing about guys like we don't argue about rings michael versus lebron i mean people bring it up but it's not really in the conversation i don't
0: uh, kind of well i mean
2: it's it, it becomes part of the conversation but i think you could like if we really just argue michael or lebron we start talking about the player it becomes like a one-on-one who would win or who made their teammates better or I don't know. I I think Kevin is of the level where the rings are not going to really help the argument.
0: Um, Well, I, I think you could make an argument for Kevin that when his career is all said and done, you would feel good if you were making a starting five from scratch in the history of the sport. You could name him a starter and people might not look at you that weird. Like that's where you're at, Kevin, or headed. So you're always fighting these battles. I don't think moving next year. Because uh, again, I, I I would say I land about ninety percent. It's sure feels, and I yeah, I was probably like eighty before, and that the other night, like I think he's gone. I don't necessarily think anything's going to change. If anything, it might become harder because if he goes to the Knicks and they were to get beat in the second round by the Sixers, no, no, it, it would just be worse. Yeah, and, no, I
2: I think the hay's in the barn on this one, John. Unfortunately for him, the only thing that can change is how he handles it.
0: Yeah, and I and I think that. He is in such a unique spot with this guy that can always just kind of have your back and is always going to be pretty normal. Like, he got to play with the modern-day Tim Duncan, and he still wasn't really happy. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. It's It's been a bizarre experience, yet just from an athletic standpoint, it's been one of the best. Just watching him play every night, you realize – damn! I mean, this guy is, I mean, he's basically like Steph Curry, seven feet tall, meets, you know, like, I don't even know. I mean, he's just an all-time unique outlier player, but he's just got these personal demons of just lack of confidence. I, I don't know what quite it is, and I, he gets so bothered, and he's like, why are you trying to self-amilize me? Kevin, that's what we do. I mean, that's just part of this whole thing. We've done it forever with Michael Jordan. We've done it forever with sports. I mean, that's, that's part of the, it's where all this money comes from. You know you can't. I, I do. I do think it's pretty clear he wants to be the best player in the NBA. He would love that kind of having that uh, right next to his name. Like we we've basically been saying it about LeBron for 10 years, and you can say it and no one looks at you funny. Uh, when you say Kevin, the first response Ah, LeBron's better, and I think that kind of bothers him. Yeah. But like Kevin, that won't necessarily change. But who gives a shit? I mean, really, who cares? Do you think LeBron? is going to win another championship? Uh, I, I would say it's hard to tell because you would think something's going to happen in the next 12 months of a big trade slash maybe a free agent ad. But I, I think this offseason is going to go a long way to determine that. Like, do they not trade for Anthony Davis? Does Kawhi not show up? Does clay resign? Kevin and Kyrie don't come. Like, where do they get players, guy? It's so I, I, I don't look, know. Where do they get players?
2: I I am always I always lean if a guy's still alive and kicking, then I can't ever say no. I, I rule. I'm going to rule that out. But I'm having a hard time picturing it right now. Um, and the reason one of the reasons is that LeBron is still great. Clearly. But the older he gets, the more he's going to be relying on other people to help him win that championship. And like you said, they got to get players, and they got to get them fast. And maybe one of those players is Anthony Davis. Okay, maybe. I, I would at this point it almost feels probable, but who knows? Um, so you, and you even, think
0: it feel? I, I see. I think it's the opposite. I, I feel it feels unlikely okay. for next season. Maybe even, maybe maybe it comes as a free agent, but that's two years away. Even then, John, is that if that happens, are they definitely
2: winning a championship? I don't think so. I mean, I think Anthony Davis is great. What has he won? so I, I I don't know, man. I at this point, I'm having a hard time picturing LeBron winning another title, and here's the other part of it. like for better or worse, I know what Kobe was just balls to the wall every night until the very end. I don't want that shot LeBron took on Thursday night at the end of the second quarter in Boston with like a minute and a half left in the quarter where he took, if you guys didn't see it, he took one step across. It was one step across half court and then like a couple of his little steps to gather for no reason. I mean, none, like not even close. He could have taken three more steps and still been wide open. And it was just weird. Like, it was just weird.
0: Is he 100% just one, of the, just... one of the crazier shots you'll ever see in an NBA game with, like, time not running out. Yeah,
2: it's the kind of shot you take at the end of the All-Star
0: game. Not in the second quarter at the Garden. Here, here's what I don't get, guy. I just, here, But
2: let me just finish. On that, it's just like, are you always trying to win is my question? Or are you kind of fucking around sometimes? And I get It's the NBA. Like, everybody kind of does that. But... I don't know, man, like if you're his teammate, you're like, now maybe he's
0: thinking all my teammates are getting traded. I don't care. But you're looking around like, what is that?
1: What is
2: that?
0: Well, why couldn't he have done this? I think he miscalculated. I get that he wants a star and he's always going star hunting. But what if he had just gone all in because he signed a four-year deal and he was adamant like this is a process. He could have kind of slow played this year and really just seen what he had. I get he's a little older. But like Kuzma's decent, you know. Brent, I wouldn't necessarily trade if I was the Pelicans. But if you, if Ingram, Kuzma, and Lonzo took huge steps, and then you added a guy, let's say, then you convince Kyrie to come play with you, or Jimmy Butler, or maybe convince Kawhi, then you got a fucking squad, right? If, if Kuzma's your fifth best player or fourth best player, and Ingram keeps taking a step, and you got Lonzo, like you got a team. If one of those guys kind of comes to the top and develops themselves but instead about it felt like a month in you could tell lebron's like fuck i don't really want to do this and it sets everyone back and now they're just kind of in no man's land and then the lakers or the la times reported that magic is now flying i think they're playing in philadelphia M- maybe it's the saturday night game tomorrow i would imagine it is and he's they're going to have like an open forum with the players cuz I, I picked up a couple times last night when LeBron would go to the bench. Well, if you're Kyle Kuzma, you go, Jesus Christ, I I, I, I might not be a star, but I'm pretty fucking – like I can be a third or fourth best player on a team that makes a run in the playoffs, and you, I, I know, LeBron, you want to get rid of me. So it's hard to kind of come back from that. And we can – you can tweet all day long that, like, this has been happening forever. It has, but it, the way LeBron talks about player empowerment and then just treats all these guys like little widgets – they're like, it's kind of, I I could understand where they're coming from. Like, this is kind of fraudulent. Absolutely. You know, it, he's not again, a great GM, John. He's a great but, player. But but I also think as a GM, he kind of, he operates like Belichick. Like, no player means anything. But he's also their teammate. So he puts himself in this position where, guys, they're human. You see Lonzo yesterday, Insta-storied, uh, Puff Daddy, we ain't going nowhere after the trade deadline passed.
2: I did not see that. No, I saw his
0: dad on TV, and I I don't care what he says.
2: That's why I stopped myself.
0: Yeah, I I, I just think that. Life but I will be- say. But I will say this: I don't care either.
2: But it, like in that locker room, when one of the just let's just take a step back here, Lonzo. I mean, Levar is Levar. But you say in locker room X somebody's dad went on TV and said that one of the players is better than what everybody thinks the best player on the team is. If I just said that happened in some random ass locker room. Now maybe you could say, well, yeah, people don't treat LeVar like they would if somebody's somebody else's parents just piped up and said something. But like that's there's no way that's not a topic of conversation in that locker I don't care either, but there's no way it's not a topic of conversation in that locker room.
0: But don't you think he jumped the shark a little bit that they don't even take him that seriously? I don't think there's any question he's jumped the shark. Lonzo's hurt too so he's not even playing he's yeah, not even around I, I just I, I just think it is another element
2: to like the BS drama that has surrounded that 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 situation there's just everybody's got something everyone's bringing it's like a drama potluck and everybody's got some crappy dish they're bringing LeBron's got the entree but everyone else is bringing some sides too and it's just like ugh yeah I mean it's it's 30 he's he's 34 years old
0: who LeBron
2: LeBron yeah yeah and I just think like he's had other teams where when you look at the team you go okay there's a couple really good players maybe he had you know like Miami had a couple Hall of Famers and then a bunch of guys he's just got to fit in that's not generally how you build championship teams and you know I, the older he gets the harder it's going to be for him to carry somebody along even if that other somebody is anthony davis even if it's a couple other great players i just i don't know man i i, I i'm just having a hard time seeing it now maybe it's just off to such a bad start it's clouding my my vision but i i, I just that shot in boston i'm just like no maybe he's just giving up on this season and that's what that is
0: they did end up winning
2: i know I know they did, but it's just like that. you take taking that shot like that's You,
0: you know, one thing he a, miscalculated, what, guy, huh? and he didn't have a good game last night in terms of making shots. But he clearly is a top. I mean, just top five scorer in the NFL or I mean the NBA. A Kyrie Irving. Like I, I'm watching last night. I tweeted this out. Why didn't these two just stay together? Like why? I, I get the Warriors had a little bit, but they had some flexibility. They had some trades to make. They had a core just with LeBron James, the best player in the NBA. Kyrie, one of the most unique players in the NBA, who matches up incredibly well against the Warriors. Like if they were able to get a third star or just make a move, like that LeBron, you had it. You had the guy, you had the road dog, right? You had your sidekick who was incredible and then after you lost the first time to Durant, he sniffed out that you were trying to trade him for Josh Jackson and Eric Bledsoe, and he's like, fuck you, I'm out. But he had it. Like, LeBron wanted to have his cake and eat it too, and he screwed up. Would have been a great trade, John. Josh Jackson and Eric Bledsoe? Eric Bledsoe was actually playing pretty well this year. But he had his guy. Like, who is beating Kyrie and LeBron James? And let's say they would have been able to figure something out before Kevin Love fell off a cliff. You trade him and trade like they had dude they would have been fine i that to me was his big miscalculation like if because just from a backbone johnny's a bad GM. he's not a good general manager which cuz he's the worst kind cuz he's too emotionally tied cuz you can't be a teammate in the locker room slash be outside which he kind of is is right now well, yeah, it doesn't the, work one of the prerequisites of
2: being a guy that
0: he wants is like you got to be like his guy like well okay They do have things to work with, you know, like if LeBron plays with all these other guys, like they're better than like right now, the Kings are trying to make the playoffs. They're better. Right. They're just even though their roster, you probably take the Kings roster minus LeBron, but they're just they got LeBron. That's the ultimate trump card. And they're going to make the playoffs.
2: You know why LeBron could never trade a player? Why? Why it was so easy for LeBron to crush the Harrison Barnes mid-game trade is because no Lakers players getting traded during a game. Because LeBron's got to approve the trade, and LeBron's busy during games. It's a great, great point, guy. Never gonna happen. To, like, LeBron can't do both. Get you, get you a dude that can do both. Like he can't do both because he's gonna have to approve the trade, and that'll happen outside of the forty-eight minutes that the game's being played. I his Instagram post, I thought was was pretty ridiculous because I was tr- I was triggered. I was too. You were okay. We were both triggered because this is not a new thing, right? Play. We see a lot in
0: baseball. We see it all the time in sports. We don't really see it in football. We, what happened? It happens all the time in baseball, but they play all the time. So it's right. But this is part of like the,
2: the, the we were talking about this, I think of the last part of the one before, and it's been driving me nuts for a while. The, the, The level to which NBA news becomes a meme all the time. Like, every little thing has a bunch of emojis with it, and we've got to make a joke out of it, and we've got to laugh at the person, and it's just so ridiculous. It's like the guy got traded during the game. That's a thing that happened, and that in and of itself is always kind of funny. You know, everyone always goes to Jose Canseco getting called back from the on-deck circle. But that's where it can just be that, and that's kind of funny. Like, we can laugh about it and blah, blah, blah. But it gets discussed like it's the greatest shame of Harrison Barnes' career. Look at this idiot sitting on the bench. Ha, 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 ha. Emoji, 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 meme, 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 meme. And maybe that's – like maybe in that way, if that's what LeBron's reacting to, I can actually kind of sympathize with him because that stuff's driving me insane right now. Like every piece of NBA news – is some drama, some beef, some BS, some message. some It doesn't stop, man. And again, maybe that's good for the league because it just keeps the business in the cycle. But it's insane. But for LeBron to act like it was some disservice by the organization is also ridiculous. Like,
0: well, guys, they, they got, well is... first off, just from a Harrison Barnes in a vacuum, his financial future. They did him a favor. They were not going to pay him. This team wanted him. Has wanted him for a long time, traded into him. They are planning on extending him. So from a financial standpoint, Harrison Barnes won. If Guy Haberman worked for me, and I was not gonna extend you on a contract, and I traded you, or just said like, let another podcast hire you, because I was once the contract ended in a month, you were not gonna get a new one. But the other podcast was gonna give you a three-year contract. I'm kind of doing you a favor, right? I'd retire. No, I, I, I'm just trying – I hope you would. Out of, I'll tell you who won't retire, Harrison Barnes, when they offer him another 4-for-80 contract, right? Like the Mavs, to, to me it'd be one thing if they traded him to a really shitty team and he didn't know it was coming. He had been on the trade block like they were going to move on from. It, he knew about it. Think about that guy. He knew about it. The Kings are kind of going places, and they want to pay him they want to pay him. I don't know if I would, but they would. So I, it, it, when your assets are humans, weird shit can happen, right? Transactions. If you if you and I own a building, like we may, and we're trying to sell it, the sale may go through at like 7am may go through at night. It could happen when it, you just never know, just whenever the other side agrees to the turn, like it's kind of out of your control kind of like that in sports, it just happens to be the things you're getting, you don't it never happens like, you know what we have traded uh, Pepsi signs, you know or something that aren't, you, no one trades anything in sports besides humans or cash involved with those humans so it's just gonna be kind of weird, but like you said it's literally been happening forever because not you can't always trade someone at you know lunchtime, sometimes People get traded at night. Yeah, the just, designated trading happens. times.
1: Did
0: did you see? Did you see what LeBron said when asked about it? They said, "Well, not about the Harrison Barnes, but the day before." They said, "What's it like? You know, you feel for the guys in this locker room that have been in trade talks." He's like, "Well, I can't relate. I've never been in trade talks." It's like LeBron, you, which he's, we all agree that's a factual statement, but you can't act. Like this pro player, uh, I don't Every even man. know. Yeah, just this kind Advocate. of leader, leader of the movement.
2: Right. Like, when, hey, Kurt Flood sacrificed. I don't know what you've sacrificed.
0: Well, not only have he's not sacrificed anything, then you are being a hypocrite doing it to your own guys. It'd be one thing, like, if he was adamant from day one. These are my guys. These are my guys. These are my going to war. I, I don't want to trade these guys. Uh, I think we can win with these guys. I'd be like, okay. At least he's saying it and backing it up. He's saying one thing and then he's doing another. He, to me, he reminds me of the super rich guy around the area where we live that that loves tweeting about, you know, like, higher, raise taxes, raise taxes. If you're going to have that opinion, that's fine. But then if you're super rich and you pay your accountant a lot of money to hide that money so you don't have to pay the higher taxes, I look at you like a fraud. Like, LeBron, you say one thing and then you do another. I look at you like a fraud. And I, I do think as a person, when it comes to this type of stuff, LeBron is a fraud. He tweets that because he knows what social media is very pro player, pro employee, pro, you know, the everyman Cause most people are the everyman. Oh, like, 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 but it's like LeBron, you, you, you kind of know what you're doing. And I, I think you're a major hypocrite.
2: Yeah. He wants to be viewed as the leader of the league. Um, Right, the what's kind it, of Godfather, it, but, of the but he, in- but he is, yeah, is, it, but yeah, right, and he he values his position as the Godfather of the NBA. But my guess is internally, most players don't view him that way when it comes to like off the court stuff. Right? Does Steph wait to see what signal LeBron's going to send, and then everyone else falls in line behind LeBron? No.
0: No. But I, but I also think he's taking. He's on this crusade that the players are getting screwed. I, I'd argue, Guy, they've never had it better. They've never made more money. They, they've never had more control, and they've always had control. Did it, to me, it's becoming a tired topic, and it's kind of, for me, it's already hit the tipping point, but I think the casual person is like, why is there? Why are all these guys unhappy? Why? How is no one in the NBA happy? They're all making 20, 30 million dollars, and every fucking person's miserable. Because it does not feel that way in baseball and in football once a player signs. Now players like Bryce Harper right now, unrest, whatever, once he signs, he's just going to be there. Like once Stanton signed, he was just on a team. Once Antonio Brown signs, he may get mad at a teammate or a coach or whatever, but it's never like, got to get me out of here. Like In football especially, once players have their cash, they're kind of just in. Now things happen, and you get mad with games or whatever, that's totally normal. But it's not like they're just anti, anti-establishment. anti And that's what the NBA is becoming. It, 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 they feel very, very, and I keep going back to this, a little like this super elitist that's just out of touch. Because I follow a lot of these guys on Instagram, especially the top guys. Like LeBron James gets driven to work in a Rolls Royce. And that's his pro I don't blame him for getting driven. But like you make these statements. You should take a helicopter. Yeah, but I'll say one thing for Kobe. It never felt like... He was on that crusade. Like, I just like my money. I'm going to make it. I'm going to fucking helicopter to work. And, and Kobe, like Tom Brady, felt like an elitist. LeBron, like, just this poor kid from Akron. Like, LeBron, you've been rich now for 20 years. He, to act like you were relating to the poor guy. I mean, you haven't been in an airport since you were 16. Well, I don't – that's the thing. is, I, like, I, LeBron just, does... To me, it's just easy to, lo- it's easy to lose touch. Yeah. And I think he's lost touch. Well, how could he not? How, it, well, it would be – First off, guy, the media, like ESPN, never says anything bad about him. Obviously, his inner circle never says anything bad about him. Uh, He has these beliefs that he truly believes, uh, and no one ever questions it around him. He's never, you know, a coach is never going to yell at him. Even think about this. Magic's kind of kissing his ass right now because he kind of needs him, right? So it's just when does LeBron ever hear anything – Like, I'll say this. It does feel, looking back, and I know Kobe's talked about this, the one thing that Phil brings to your organization when he's around Michael or Kobe or Shaq, he will call them out on their shit a little football style. And Popovich has done this forever, right? Uncomfortable might be the wrong word, but he definitely was not afraid of those guys. Like, everyone's kind of on eggshells around most of the. Like, is Kawhi getting yelled at at all in Toronto? And I'm not saying you need to get yelled at. I'm just saying this is the nature of sports. You just get coached hard. Like Phil would get into those guys or just kind of call them out on some BS type stuff and make them think. Like that's not happening to any of these guys. It happens a little with the Warriors, but a lot of it is led by Draymond calling guys out on their shit.
2: Well, and I do think that's probably a core tenet of now is Steve a screamer. Obviously, him and Draymond got into it that time in Oklahoma City. But I do think that seems to be because he's a Popovich guy, because he's a Phil Jackson guy. That does seem to be kind of a core tenet of what Steve – because if you're Steve, you go, okay, what can I do here? There's a few things I can do. One, I have to create some harmony. And two, I I can differentiate myself by being the one dissenting voice that doesn't tell every player all – that isn't afraid of the players. Because you know what Steve doesn't need? The job. Like, he doesn't need the job.
0: He didn't have the job for a long time, but but he's all, he's also lucky that his his main two players he's going to have for a while are the easiest guys to deal with ever. Yeah, no it, doubt
2: that take coaching absolutely. But guess what? It turned out Tim Duncan took coaching. It turned out Michael Jordan took coaching from Phil. If it would come from Phil, um, like that's that's how you build a dynasty. Like Tom and Bill have whatever their relationship is, but clearly Tom can take coaching from Bill. Like that's how you win multiple championships over a decade. Is you remember this thing that? Together.
0: Remember that article? Maybe it was like a Wickersham article last year or something about about the Patriots. And it went through all the, or maybe it was Mike Reese. Like he just interviewed all these players over the years, and one of them was Brian Hoyer. Like his rookie year, it was like the first team meeting of the year, and and Tom Brady just got lit up, and he's thinking to himself like, "How am I ever going to last year?" They're screaming at Tom, Like, "I'm fucked." <laughs> and it just but everyone thinks like that and it just helps an organization run. Is 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 players having all the power a good thing? Like I the, the NBA is losing steam, guy. I know Twitter thinks it's gaining steam. Television ratings in the East are in the tank. Like they're down almost 25% I read the other day. It's to me it's not like this having LeBron have all this power is not a healthy thing. It the other league that we all know who has all the power that's that's the number 1 league. That, to me, seems like a healthier, like there has to be some sort of balance. And and I do think the balance has completely been lost in the NBA, and that's not necessarily a good thing. Yeah, I I agree with what you just said. I think it's a good point. And I think a lot of that,
2: I think fans have to feel like they don't know what's going to happen, first of all. And I think that um, fan attachment to teams is dependent on players, at fans at least kind of feeling like, the players care about that organization as much as the fans do, that we're all kind of in this together. We're kind of a team in this together. You know, when you hear... What, what do fans love when they hear, like, the players, this team has taken on the personality of the city. You know, Pittsburgh, steel, tough. Like, that That's that creates the emotional connections that get people coming back to the TV every night. And when the when players basically say... I don't have, I don't owe you guys anything. To, you know, teams aren't loyal to us; we don't have to be loyal to you. Which, if I'm a player, is true. I'm not saying it's not true, but when everybody feels good about sharing that, players used to feel <laughs> like a little. They used to um, try maybe a little harder to convince the fans that like they're all in for the city. But then they realized, wait a second, this isn't. The fans aren't even in the equation here. This is me and the team, and the team treats me like an asset, so I'm going to treat them like a vehicle. Um, and fine, that is player empowerment, I
0: guess, but that doesn't help fan connection. It's it's almost like LeBron thinks it should be like this. Anthony Davis signs a 150 million dollar deal, with two years left. He's like, "Fuck it, I want out," and he he's almost saying that if you're a New Orleans Pelicans fan, okay, yeah, Anthony player empowerment, get yours, Anthony Davis. No, LeBron, that guy's gonna be like, I don't want fucking Anthony Davis to leave, you know, or I don't want. If I'm a Celtics fan, I want Kyrie to stay. Like, that's their team. That That's the one thing football really has over the NBA is all these moves that happened the last couple days were not out of – not that they weren't out of the desire to get better. A lot of them were out of the fear of l- losing guys, right? Like uh, Toronto. They're terrified that he's going to leave. So they're going all in with Gasol. The 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 Bucks his contract's up in a couple years. They know they got to take advantage of it now just because anything can happen. It's all out of fear. Where in the NFL, you're never feared you're going to lose the guy you want to keep because you can always keep him. So the fan base, it's why every fan base, even the shitty teams, it's why the Raiders, even though they haven't had anything to show for it, or the Browns over the years, on given years have a lot of hope. You know, And there's just so many NBA teams not only don't have hope, once you get a good player... You know, if you're a Browns fan right now, you don't have to worry if Baker becomes good about him going anywhere. One, because it's just the NFL and guys will get broken up. They'll just stay. Two, even if you wanted to leave, he ain't going anywhere. Where in the NBA, you're just kind of in the back of your head at any moment. Like the guy could be like, I want out. It's like, fuck. Well, I, I'm, If I'm a Celtics fan, if I'm a whoever fan, that – you're watching a lot of your team. So if you're always terrified you guys going to leave, that is not good for the league. Right. And that's where I think they're jumping the shark and going the wrong way. And I think LeBron, the one thing I do think he's powerful, that guy, is he's kind of a lot of people do agree with him. So these players, who I think most guys are pretty good guys, and they get like they're making a shitload of money. Business is good. LeBron's like, we should get more. We should get more. You, you get to a point where you jump the shark on that and you get to a tipping point, like most people, I think us included, feel bad for anyone when they're just like, oh, that guy probably deserves, you know, if you're paying him 60K, like, you know, you could, uh, that company could easily pay him 75K and be fine, right? Or whatever the numbers are, even in basketball or baseball or football. Like, this guy, you know, is a little underpaid, he deserves more, right? But once you hit a certain point, like, I'm sorry, Harrison Barnes has never been underpaid. He's been properly paid. You could argue overpaid. And you know what? In fairness, he's never mentioned it. He just – it's a good its a good gig. And I think – I'm not saying that you should just be shut up and never say a word. But you're not going to get sympathy points in this country guy. I don't know if you've noticed, but it's kind of becoming anti-rich people. And maybe it's always been like that, but it's, just a, it's something on social media that's really been driving in. Like, they're not going to win this battle big picture.
2: Um, I think free agency is great for sports, but I think with the NBA, what we're seeing is maybe there's such a thing as too much of a good thing when it's not just free agency, it's players under contract forcing their way out of places, which doesn't happen in, in
0: football, right? Um... Or baseball, really? I think it. I think it rarely happens in baseball too. You get traded yeah. just because they're kind of the team starts tanking. It's not. It never feels like how many guys on the Giants last year felt miserable. They just were playing their contract. They were mad that they were losing. Right, the San Francisco Giants. That is like it just in, in basketball. There, there wouldn't have been a player like let's use Madison Bumgarner for example. If he was an NBA player, more than likely he would have demanded to get traded last year, right? There's a decent chance if yeah. he was if he was Madison Kyrie Irving Bumgarner. He would have been like, Get me out of here. This is I'm underpaid. I'm getting screwed. And LeBron would have retweeted it. <laughs> and it would have been this movement. Somebody should ask LeBron
2: about the Jose Canseco trade. Come on, guy. I don't even think LeBron would know who Jose is. How how he feels about it. Um John the uh, the NFL released the names of the 330 plus players that will attend the NFL combine and guess who's on it? Kyler Guy Murray.
0: Everman? Oh hey Kyler.
2: <laughs> no, I'm not on it. Maybe next year. Um but Kyler Murray and you know I we saw the weird interview with him and Dan Patrick. Uh do you think He will do enough at the combine to help the 49ers out here. If
0: I had to guess right now, I will be a little surprised if he works out. You think he'll just do interviews? I think he'll just like go get height, weight, work out, and just kind of stand there with his group. That that would just be a guess. I I have yeah, I, I have nothing to no reason to think this. Just kind of you know, seeing the way in recent memory guys have approached this. The way he's kind of approached this whole deal, is cloak and dagger the right uh, phrase? Kind of quietly, uh, mysteriously. Sure, yeah, I like it. It's just kind of, it's a, been a little bizarre, but I, I won't be, like I could see him doing it, but I, I would imagine his camp right now is we're just going to go and kind of make our presence felt because... He'll be the biggest star there, is that fair to say? Even though he's not the probably going to be the number 1 pick, he's going to be the biggest star there. He's going to be the biggest story there. Story. Yeah, I mean I don't know
2: do te- will teams view him as the player they have to see. But he is just a major he is a major wild card in this draft. Now again, the question is will he do enough a the combine or be a pro day to make him a wild card in the 49ers picture? In other words, is he a wild card in the sense that he might be a top 20 pick? Or can he be enough of a wild card that now all of a sudden having the second pick, somebody might be interested enough in him there? Can he do anything between now and then to make? Why well, I, to I give think the, the number one some thing, leverage? They,
0: yeah, I think the number one thing they got to hope for is Dwayne Haskins kills it because a five nine go, guy going number one overall feels a little crazy. Not out of the realm of possibility with the way the footballs kind of changed the last couple years. I mean, a guy just got drafted last year, number one overall, from the same school that was six feet tall. But your better bet would be Haskins crushing it and being like, "God, this is a franchise quarterback." That's that's their best bet. Now, if he does go, Kyler, and it's like, "God, you see how fat? You see that ball explode? You see him spinning it? He runs a four three 40 and he measures in at, let's say, 5'10", it's 5'10", flat, you're like, damn. His interview is like, God, we like the kid. That It's not a negative. I mean, that would be a really good thing to get two guys, just kind of let the buzz really flow, you know. Because remember last year, it was clear some guys were going to go high. It was No one quite knew the quarterback. Uh, at this time last year, we did not know Baker Mayfield was going to go one. We knew he was going to go like top 15. One, I, I We were not talking about going number one overall. Thought there was a decent chance Josh Allen still might go. I think we all thought Sam Darnold would probably go. And Josh Rosen was probably not a probably top 10 pick. So we, we knew they were all going to go high. This one is a little more up in the air. Uh, I, I still think Dwayne Hassan has a great opportunity to go one. I, I'd, I'd still put my money on that. Kyler is the great wild card. I think there's a chance people come out of the meetings and be like, have negative thoughts. Like, God, that meeting was weird. He won't tell us anything. Again, he's being cloak and dagger with the whole situation. We're just asking him, like, are you going to play football or not? You know, I I don't – I think there might – there's a chance that they come out of this with more questions than answers. answers. I On my other podcast, I compared the situation to <laughs> – with uh, Kyler Murray dating – Three and on, out. Hopefully people are listening <clears throat> and downloading it. You can yeah, say yeah, it. Go get it. Three and Out podcast. <laughs> that <laughs> I wasn't trying to hide it. I was oh, okay. Okay. I got a point. You're just
2: being shorthand.
0: Okay. I got you. Yeah. Just you know, being efficient here. <laughs> that <laughs> when you internet date, guys. will not contractually allow me to say the name of my other podcast on this podcast. <laughs> that when you internet date with filters, she can look a lot different than she actually looks in person. So once you get there you're always kind of keeping your fingers crossed like i hope she's as hot as she yeah, is I Oftentimes she's i could help the other day so, john every every time uh sometimes she is where with kyler murray most of these gms and every head coach have never met the guy now they've seen him on tape and they've seen him play on television and it's remarkable but when he walks through that room and they see five nine and you're just let's just i'll just use a random gm tom telesco mike mayock guy that's six one, six two, 6'2", whatever, and they have him by five or six inches, people are nuts if they think... It's one thing for Gruden to be like, you know, we got to be more open-minded now with short quarterbacks. It's another thing when you meet the guy and you see him, and you go, oh my, that guy is tiny. Well, you know who's tall?
2: Is Dan Patrick. Dan Patrick's a tall guy.
0: Yeah, he's like 6'3", isn't he? And uh,
2: that interview the other day, uh, like you said, I... I It's not the same as being in in, in a room with teams. This is an an on-the-record interview. Your dad is sitting right there in the corner. You know, it's a lot of facts. Did he play basketball at Dayton? Um, Dan? I I believe he did, yes. Yeah. Um, But I I just wonder, like, I watched an interview and thought, what you just said, his team interviews could, I don't know if they're
0: going to be weird, but they could be weird. They could be. I I think there's no lock that they're going to go seamlessly. Because he might walk in a little LeBron James style and think, because he's been told this, you're in control. And that shit ain't flying at at Indianapolis. I'll promise you that.
2: Well, especially if you're not in control. Like, it's one thing if you're clearly the best player, quarterback, Andrew Luck, whatever. But teams don't think yet that they need you. They don't know. They're open
0: to the possibility that they might, but they're not sure yet. You remember the story? I think Bill Polian told this when he met Peyton at the combine. He said, uh, like, the interview ended and Peyton looked at him. After he's like, God, Peyton asked us more questions we asked him. He's like, just, just know this if you don't draft me, I'm going to kick your ass for the next 15 years. And he's like, he was kind of serious. You know, and they were just impressed. And. If I don't know if Kyler can pull shit like that, like if you don't draft me hot, like I'm gonna go play. Like they'll be like, okay, go. You know, I, I'm just I don't know. I, I I am prepared for any story that comes out of the combine with him. I saw. I don't know. Did you happen to see the video? I don't even know who the guy is.
2: But you know, Wednesday was the late signing day now, and there was a guy who signed uh, at, at Kansas. A guy signed at Kansas, and in a local news interview, said. Uh, Oklahoma and Oklahoma State are going to regret the day that they let me leave the state. And I'm like, all right, well, good luck to Kansas. I hope Basketball that- or football? Football. Football. <laughs> football, that's a key piece of that. It was the guy really good? Like, did he I'm, have offers there? I have no idea. I mean, the way he's talking about they're going to regret letting me leave the state makes me think that that, no, he didn't have offers. Why would you say that if they offered you a scholarship?
0: Can you explain to me what just happened yesterday in college? Like, did the signing date even matter anymore?
2: No, not really. I think what I had heard uh, as of a few weeks ago was that of the ESPN top, is it top 200 or top 300, whatever it is, like 41 of the guys were unsigned. In other words, most guys signed in December. So, like, so like 20% of the guys were on the market of the top guys. So, like, one of the big—like, Kyle Ford is the guy, the USC receiver, that had verbaled at the All-American game. That's the other thing. If some of these guys, if you're going to wait to announce at, like, the All-American game, then maybe, you know, you don't sign in December. Now, some people sign early, and then the team keeps it quiet, and then they announce it, like, a couple weeks later at the All-American game. But,
0: yeah— so did that guy leave, the dude that was committed to SC? No, he signed. Kyle Ford, wide receiver. So oh, he, he stayed committed even though the committed. Cliff left? Yeah. Uh, so that that is, if you're a program, you want to get a guy signing on the dotted line now in December. You don't even want to risk a coach leaving or something weird happening the guy leaves. Right.
2: By the way, did you know this? Talk about – ASU started spring football on Tuesday, John. Jesus. They have three early enrollee true freshman quarterbacks that's pretty nuts that's crazy
0: like, are they good yeah i mean they're all pretty well recruited is it safe to say that Herm might win the south in the next couple of years well again like he there's a chance he's gonna have
2: a true freshman quarterback playing this year but yeah there's a chance i mean because but they're,
0: I, I, they're gonna be talented right yeah they are because if you were a kid like that's kind of a cool place to play
2: hell yeah especially with him hell yeah it is the facilities are gorgeous <laughs> would you I mean, say they got
0: the mo- do they do they have the most momentum of any team in the south right now Um, uh, probably, I mean, you know, Utah just won it and
2: I think they feel like maybe they got something moving, but yeah, I, I would say ASU, they just, but but they don't really recruit the blue chippers, right? Yeah. It's different. So yeah, I would say ASU might,
0: ASU's got a lot of momentum. Would you say chips, uh, recruiting class on paper is not great? I haven't. That's what I've heard. I haven't really looked at it. Yeah. I mean, I'm just saying that he's kind of getting crushed. Like who is he recruiting? right you know and we'll we'll see yeah uh do you want to talk about yeah. do you want to talk about super bowl odds <laughs> yeah why not you got them in front it's of you february 8th <laughs> yeah i got them um i can pull them up right now okay did you see mahomes 360 in the hole <laughs> i love the guy that
2: tweeted us and said like he'd be in the king's rota- top seven rotation and then someone else was like he would not be in the king's rotation they're good
0: Oh, in fairness to the guys arguing for the Kings, they are like you should use a like use the Calves or something now because the Kings actually aren't terrible.
2: I think it was just a guy who lives out you know Northern California just a Kings yeah. fan. Or maybe <laughs> yeah. he's a Warriors fan hates the Kings. I don't know.
0: Okay, I got I got the odds up here, guy. Hit me. Okay, we got the Patriots favored plus okay. six fifty. Then we got in the NFC the highest is the Rams at plus seven hundred. And the only other team that's not better or not worse than ten to one is the Chiefs at eight to one. So you got the the Patriots are six and a half to one, Rams seven to one. Which to me I I get, but they're going to have some turnover now. I'd probably have them closer to twelve to one, and the Chiefs eight to one. Actually, you know a team here sneaky, another team that's not over ten to one is the Chargers nine to one. Come on, yeah, that's they are way too high. To me the one that I would have served guy would be where did they go? Saw them and they disappeared now. The Colts. Oh. The Colts are twelve to one. Okay. Give me the um... Did you oh, go ahead. The someone tweeted out a picture or a video of Quentin Nelson in high school. He was the team's center at basketball and he led a fast break. He was hauling ass. And, like, they kind of doubled him right when he got to the three-point line. I mean, he's full sprint. He goes around the back, pass to the other dude that's running the wing with him for an easy layup. I mean, it was sweet. He could ball. I love the uh, – did you see the interview he did, like, radio Super Bowl
2: week? Was it with Dan Patrick maybe? Probably. We're talking about what a dork Andrew Luck is. Did you see that? Yeah, they will just a geek. How like, but point, did you point see out all the architecture
0: saying? on their road trips. Yes. Uh, all right, give me the top 5 in the NFC right now. Do, can you Okay, we got yeah, this okay, we got the Rams 7 to 1, we got the Saints 10 to 1. We got the Bears 12 to 1. And then we got the Eagles and Packers at 18 to 1.
2: See now th- I, what's the Eagles roster going to look like next year? Because I you know, again, like Carson Wentz is good if he's healthy. I kind of Yeah, like I think
0: they're going to be pretty good.
2: I kind of like that
0: one. Cowboys twenty-two to one. That's not terrible value. Yeah. The Seahawks forty to one. Not terrible value. Yeah. How about the Niners forty-five to one. Terrible value. Uh, you want the Raiders? Yeah, get, it's. They are tied with the Bills and the Cardinals you know at one hundred one.
2: I want to hear them all, John. I want to hear all thirty. Just give me. Let's go blocks of ten. Just read them off real quick. Just you don't even need to give me the odds. Just give me top ten here.
0: Okay, did I already I've already given you a bunch, right? Just, yeah, start, just rattle off I, the top ten in order. Okay, but uh, start from the beginning? Yep. Okay. Pats? Okay. You want the odds too? Nah, just rattle off the top ten here. Pats, Chiefs, Rams, Saints, Chargers, Colts, Steelers, Eagles, Bears, Packers. That's like the kind of the Okay, lead let's dog. talk let's just talk about that group for a second.
2: Um the Packers are interesting obviously because I of, wouldn't
0: fuck with them at all
2: because of Aaron but to me like they like no I don't think they're in I don't think they're in the top 10 I'm with you I think the Colts are sneaky um did you say the Eagles of that group yes and I like the Eagles
0: so those are the two all right middle third Vikings Texans Ravens Cowboys Seahawks Falcons Niners Browns Brown. should the Niners really be right on the Falcons heels um well, they're dramatically different odds. The yeah, okay. Falcons are thirty to one. They're forty-five to okay. one. Anybody and, in and then there's like the Cowboys and the, yeah. I mean, I'd say the Cowboys are twenty-two to one. How about the Texans? See, the Texans one? were the other team there. But like, let's just you know, shot in the playoffs. All right. But we've seen him in big games before, and he's play It's not like he he maybe just had a terrible game. I mean, luck was awful against the Chiefs. Shit happens. Okay. Yeah, that's true. Uh. The Giants, the Panthers, Cam Newton's shoulder surgery, Titans, Bengals, Jags, Jets, Bucks, Broncos, Titans, Bengals, Bucks. How about the how about the Bucks as a value? No, I don't think they're gonna win the Super Bowl. Sixty-six to one. They do have a bunch of good players. You know what I stumbled upon last night? Shows you how bored I was. A little vape pen. Uh, night game was pretty terrible. Looking on my phone. Todd Monkins. the Stanford Monkins. Oregon State game. Oh uh, well, I, I actually had that on the second TV. Okay, that means it was uh, muted. So, so I watched Todd Modkin's press conference, the new new offensive coordinator of the Cleveland Browns, and then I'm like, God, this guy is really impressive. And then I googled him. Do you know that he was at Southern Miss as the head coach, and they went nine and five, and he left to be the coordinator at Tampa? I had forgotten this. Yeah, because it was he, he was he wasn't there long, right? No, he was there three years. He took over an 0-12 team, and in three years they won the conference, and he was nine and five, and he left in like after the season to be a coordinator. And this year he got a bunch of interviews for head coach. He has the last couple years. But I'm watching him thinking, this guy could be a head coach. And then you look at his resume, like, he's won as a head coach at a shit pro like, this guy's pretty impressive. And I guess where I'm saying this, he had an interesting point. He's like, the one thing. I know Leach went on this rant, I think, yesterday, maybe on signing day. He just thought the word balance, people look at it in the wrong way. They, they're too worried about run-pass. He's like, the way I've always viewed balance. <laughs> and the way it was a great I press balance. Yeah, like with the Buccaneers, he's like, if O.J. Howard wouldn't have got hurt, we would have had seven players with over 700 yards. Huh. So it's not necessarily, are they going to run or are you going to pass? Right. Who are they going to give the ball to? Which, regardless how you get them the ball, that's all that matters, right? right? Yeah, if you've got like,
2: one clear-cut 1A receiver and one clear-cut running back, giving them each half of the touches is not balanced. I know like, I know who you're going to give the ball to. Well,
0: and that was his point because someone asked him, like, I know you haven't been here in practice against them, but let's say Denzel Ward, best-case scenario, becomes a lockdown corner. How hard is it to go down against a lockdown corner? He's like, well, it's hard if you only have one receiver. But if you got three guys—a tight end and a running back—that week's game plan, he's more of a decoy, and you just get the ball to other guys. Mm-hmm. It's that to him. And I started thinking, like, yeah, God, this true. guy. Is, I'm telling you, guy. Well, that's
2: what John, that's what Mike Leach says, right? Is I've got seven guys I can give the ball to at a given time.
0: Like that's balance. Well, th- think how, who that hurt this year uh, when Gurley went out. They were kind of fucked, right? Yeah. Their offense was no longer the same. Look and look at the Cowboys, for example. Once they got Amari, it was like, okay, Zeke can eat a little more and Hearns. Instead of just they don't really – you know Hearns your only guy. It just adds another guy. That, that to me, is the key. If you think about a couple years ago when Derek had his big year, it was like Amari, Crabtree, Seth Roberts having game-winning touchdowns. Uh, they had a good little stable of running backs. You just have options. That, right. To me, that's the key. And I guess this all gets back to his point was, like, he just thinks the Bucks. He's like, I just got fired there. But if the quarterback plays well, the talent on that team is no joke, you know. And that's yeah. where, to me, back to your point about Arians, Arians is proven. Like, were you with me the one time on the sideline when the Raiders were playing the Cardinals in the like preseason game? Yep. Yeah. And they were on the dirt. Yep. And they had just drafted John Brown. Couldn't run. And the other Jaron Brown, they were just terrified to to fuck with the. Oh my god! But that guy's a good player. You know, both of those guys are good players.
2: (laughs) And also, I just—I think I've said this maybe recently on the podcast. I just remember, but I still just in awe. Carson Palmer in person, just with the like a knee brace the size of a of a of a of a a baby rhino. I mean, just he was huge.
0: He was massive. Was it him or Larry Fitzgerald telling him like, "Bro, you got to bend your knees when you're on the dirt. Just bend your knees."
2: I don't remember. I mean, I remember that conversation. I don't remember who it was. Makes One sense of them, that it would be
0: Larry, but. Yeah, I think Larry was like, when you come out of your cut on the dirt, just you got to just bend your knees to put a little more pressure on it. Because he, he was like, he, he, you know, it was like dipping your hand, your foot in really cold water. You know, he just refused to bend. Yep. But again, uh, I, I think Arian's the guy to keep an eye on. All right, and so, then the, the last group would yeah. be Redskins, Lions, Dolphins, Bills, Raiders, Cardinals. Um, I'm not touching any of those. No, you're not touching the Bills? I w- one thing I might do, whatever the over-under is for the Bills, it'd probably be like six and a half. I think they're going to be better than people think. Yeah, I, I like that. It's always I, looked I terrible, agree. but no one can have a highlight tape on a given game than Josh. That's right. right you're a Josh Allen fan, aren't you? Yeah, because I've only seen his highlights. But I'm just saying, I remember when you watch him talk, you're like, this guy's –
2: I like this guy. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like think honestly, John, the, the whole group of young quarterbacks from last year are all intriguing.
0: Yeah, I guess Rosen definitely is now with Kingsbury in town, isn't he? Yeah, and even without him, I think he – hell, he really would have been with Bruce. But um,
2: just all – like Darnold and, and obviously Baker – uh, Tony Romo's kid's favorite quarterback Baker Mayfield, is that true? Yeah, because I guess his wife is from Oklahoma, and so the kids like were Baker fans. When they were there at Oklahoma, and then when Tony had the Brown, the was it Browns Ravens at the end of the year? Yeah, he brought his kid, like his little kids, came to like meet Baker during the production meeting, and they were wear- wearing like Baker jerseys, like they love Baker. That's sweet.
0: But all right, on that note
1: ease.com
0: promo code ham yeah promo code ham $20 off $50 off or excuse me over $50 free delivery yeah and uh berries b-e-r-r-i-e-s.com click the mic promo code ham get on it guy get on it berries.com promo code ham all right may the peace be with you
1: (laughs) holla at you boy peace